I just, uh, I can't resist this, but I have to tell you, uh, God's just doing a lot in, in our, the churches that we have. Uh, Calvert is doing so well. Uh, we have a mega church over there right now. Uh, if you understand what Calvert was like, they only go to church uh, two times in a month. And when we started the church there, one week they're there, and then the following week, <laughs> hardly anyone shows up. But we've changed that. Amen? That's completely changed. And, and we are way up. It used to be if you have 30 people over there, 20 people, that's a life-size church. We are getting to 50 and above. So God's doing a good work. So I am rejoicing so far. And then all of a sudden, I, uh, today I hear, hardly hear from pastor the pastor of our church in Nigeria, and he called. And I wanted to know, is this, uh, is it going across the ocean as well? He says, we are doing so well. The church is doing so well. Uh, it's just an amazing thing. As people are praying, God is answering. And uh, there's a prayer meeting going on in, uh, in Calvert right now. The church members are praying. So God's doing a lot of work. And now, uh, I have to give thanks to God, okay? Bear with me. I'm very grateful to God what's doing. Uh, tonight I want to speak on a uh, message I titled, Walking with God. Walking with God. This walking with God is a state of living on the earth that God describes as just simple, walking with God. It should be for the believer a perpetual state of living. That's the way you live. You have been called as a Christian to walk with God. There is nothing like vacation when it comes to, or retirement when it comes to Walking with God. It's a state of living. It's very important. You are called as a believer. If you are a believer, you have been called to walk with God. And then you, can, you have to read through the New Testament and read from the lips of Jesus. It's always follow me. That's walking. Follow me. You follow him. He's not asking you to walk ahead of him. Follow. Be in step with him. It's walking. That's why the Bible talks about we walk by faith. Because it's a walk. It's a living, but it's also a walk with God. And it has to be perpetual. You're, you cannot retire. I see a lot of Christians, well, I've done enough. Now it's for me to just hang out a little bit. No, you haven't done that much. Relax. It's a constant thing. You know, Enoch, the Bible says he walked with God. Enoch was the seventh individual mentioned in Genesis chapter 5, right from Adam. Enoch knew Adam personally. 
In those days, they lived for like 800, 900 years, okay? So you can, Enoch knew Adam. Enoch knew Seth. That's the brother of Abel, after Abel died. Enoch knew these individuals personally. The Bible tells us in, in Genesis chapter 5, verse 21, it says, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah when at 65 having a child. That's interesting. <laughs> he lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. Methuselah is the longest ever till today. Nobody lived longer than Methuselah. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years. After he begot Methuselah, he walked with God for 300 years. What he's saying is, he made walking with God his business. That was his life. There was nothing else important. So the Bible tells us that he walked with God for 300 years. And then he says, he says, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God. So he, go back, he goes back again. And Enoch walked with God and he was not, for God took him. God took him. You know how many years Enoch lived? Three, uh, three, uh, 265 or 365, right? 365 years that he lived. How many days do we have in a year? What? All right. A year, a year for every day. One year for every day. He began to walk with God. I'm sure before, before he began Methuselah, he had started trying to walk with God. After Methuselah was born, now he walked with God closely. And he's walked with God so much. In my mind, I see two individuals just walking up the hill. And after they've talked, like God will come down and talk with Adam and then he leaves. And after they talk, and then God leaves. And, once, and then God says, man, I really enjoyed that. I'm coming back tomorrow. And then God walks in one day. They walk in and it's time to pass. He says, look, I cannot afford to let you go. I just take you with me. We're gone. We're going home. God took him. You know, we'll read later, people were actually looking for him. He couldn't be found. They looked for him. They knew he walked with God. Among all the patriarchs, beginning from Adam and uh, Enoch, and then of the rest of them, Methuselah, they knew each other, Seth. When he was taken, it's believed that Adam never saw him taken. He had died 57 years before. The only person that couldn't be there was Noah. Noah was born about 69 years later. So he didn't experience it. So Methuselah was alive when God took his father. Seth was alive. They mentioned those individuals, but nothing is said about them. All that he said, he lived, gave birth to children, and then he died. 
The only person that God picked out to talk about was Enoch. Was Enoch. And the people had multiplied. Read. So many of these people, they had sons and daughters so many years. So the people had multiplied on the earth. But God chose to mention the fact that he walked with God. He walked with God. What does that mean? In Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5, it says, By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. In other words, God transformed the man, changed his body just like Jesus' body, changed his body, changed his soul, and just took him home. Never saw that. It was faith. By faith, Enoch walked with God, or Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found. So that tells you they were looking for him. Just like they looked for Elijah. After God took him, there were people looking around, trying to look, look if he was still around, but God had taken him. Just those two guys. He was not found because God had taken him. So they looked for him. They couldn't find him. The two said, like, where is daddy? God just took him away. He says, for before he was taken, he had this testimony. He pleased God. So how did he do this? He had that testimony. So Adam knew God was pleased with this man. Seth knew he was pleased. God was pleased with, with uh, Enoch. They all knew. And then God took him. They understood God must have taken him home. I wonder what that is. They lived and they saw this man pleasing God and did nothing about it and just lived their lives to have children. Still happening today. Still happening today. God took him. Listen to this. He had that testimony that he pleased God. So walking with God pleases God. What does that mean? What pleases God? Faith. Then he tells you this. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if you have to walk with God... The only way to walk with God is through faith. That's what Enoch had. Why he was able to walk with God. He believed in God so much, he knew God. That's how God revealed himself to him. It's got to be through faith. So he says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Talking about Enoch, so that's where we started. That's why he walked with God. That's why he was so close to God. Because he had faith in God. He had faith in God. For without faith it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that's telling us Enoch diligently sought after God. The others, they knew God was there. But it wasn't that important to them. He was a rewarder. But notice what he says here. That 
The one who comes to God must first, one, number one, believe that he is. Number two, you must believe he is a rewarder. You don't serve God in vain. If you serve God, you can stay well. We talked about sickness. He is a rewarder. Enoch had his reward. Amen? Enoch had his reward. He walked so close, his reward, God just took him. From all the pains on the, on the earth and everything that was going on in the earth. You know what? I found that this guy was a preacher. Enoch was not just, you guys mind your business and I'm going to stay with God. No. Jude, the brother of Jesus, made it clear to us that he walked with God, but he was also talking, preaching to people about God. You want to find out? In Jude, chapter 14, I mean chapter 1, it's only one verse 14. <laughs> You'll be looking for that for the whole night. Oh Lord, have mercy. It's like Ezekiah chapter 2 verse 1. <laughs> You won't find anything. You turn your Bible here. Where is he reading from? No, I'm kidding. It says, Now Enoch, the servant from Adam, we said that, the servant from Adam prophesied. He prophesied about these men also. People doing wrong stuff. He prophesied about these men. If you're reading Jude, Jude was talking about people who were doing bad stuff. Enoch prophesied, seven from Adam, he prophesied also, saying, Behold, he prophesied about the coming, the second coming of Jesus. When you are that close to God, you understand the plan. He reveals them to you. You get to know things that others don't know. This was before Abraham. This was before Moses. But he already knew. Not just the first coming of Jesus. He's talking about the second coming of Jesus. When you walk close with God. Your eyes become open. So he prophesied about these things. He says, behold the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. To execute judgment on all. To convict all. And like he, he uses the word ungodly. Ungodly means you don't care much about God. Not If you're godly, doesn't mean you're perfect. It's just like living for God. That's your primary thing. It's number one. If it's Sunday and they can't find you around, your neighbors will say, we know where to find him. He's going to be in church. That's a godly person. They have no doubt. You want to find him? He's probably in church right now. Let's go. He, I'm sure you'll find him there. But this, he was talking about wicked men. To execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. 
Because everything is ungodly. I mean, these guys hated ungodly people. <laughs> but that was the thing God took him. So, what does it take to walk with God? What does it take to walk with God? Notice the Holy Spirit never used the word live for God. He ch- the Holy Spirit chose to use the word walk with God. He did that for us. And Jesus himself talked about following him. Following him. That's walking with God. Please give me Luke chapter 9 verse 23. Before that's the first scripture given there. This is Jesus speaking now. It says, then he said to them, If anyone desires to come after me, after me. In other words, come after, not before him. Come after him, after me. Let him deny himself. And take up his cross. How often? Daily. It's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. There is no room for relaxation. There's no way I'm traveling, I'm on vacation. We don't take vacation from God. It's a daily thing. If you have that desire to f- come after him, if you have that desire, so if you don't have the desire, that's okay. That's what Jesus is saying. But if you want to follow him, you must first understand that you need to deny yourself. In other words, make following him your business. That's what the disciples did. They said, we left home to follow you. You may not have to leave your job. You didn't call everyone to leave. But in, in essence, in the principle, nothing else matters. If you want to walk with God, like Enoch walked with God, nothing else, that's your business in life. Every time something else comes into that place, you have an idol in your life. You no longer follow him. Sometimes I believe that Abraham was so tied in his son, and God wanted to make sure, are we still doing this thing the way it should be? I know you love the son, but you got to give him up. Deny yourself, he says, and take up your cross daily. Meaning sometimes the decision to follow God is not going to be pleasing to those around you. Sometimes. They don't like you going to church all the time. Do you have to pray all the time? They'll say they don't, they don't understand it. That's what I believe happened to Enoch. The rest of them just watched him. And they lived for many years. Without questioning what he was doing. You must take up your cross. Meaning there's, got to, there's going to be some suffering. As you're going to follow him. What does it take to walk with God? Number one. 
and gave him about five things to, to do to follow, to really walk with God. Number one, I put there, get righteous. You can't walk with God without being righteous. You have to be born again. That's the wrong crowd to talk to that about. But that's number one. You've got to get righteous before God. And righteousness is not doing good things. Righteousness is believing in the Lord Jesus and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's all. You know, when we go out to the prison, we are always very careful to let these people know that uh, everyone is a sinner. Everyone has sinned. We tell them, how many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? They all agree, just one. And if you are a liar, Revelation 21 verse 8 tells us, all liars go to hell. So how many people will go to hell? All of us. Because there's nobody that's not a liar. So how can you be righteous then? There are, there's nothing like a righteous liar. <laughs> there's nothing like that. So becoming righteous before God is accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that's what changes your person. As it says in Ezekiel uh, 36, then God gives you a new heart and a new spirit. A heart of flesh. And it's through faith in God. Just like it was with Enoch. By faith, Enoch walked with God. That's That's the foundation of walking with God. Faith in God. Trusting in God. Faith in God. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's the f- number one thing. Number two, learn to hear or listen to God. Learn to listen to God. That's number two. This is where it's, it's a real tough thing now, because you, you're righteous for Christians. Your alone time with God is personal. That's what Enoch had. He walked with God. Spent time praying before God. You can't go for a week, two weeks without ever praying to God. That's not... If you have a wife and you haven't talked to your wife in the last three weeks, there is no relationship there. And if you have a co-worker and you never talk to your co-worker, you never get to know them. You got to spend talk, time talking to God. He has a lot that he wants to say. Jesus said, I have so much to tell you, but you can't handle them now. Remember talking to his disciples, teaching them? I have so much I want to talk to you about. But you can't handle them now. But when I'm gone, I'm going to send the comforter. Meaning when the comforter comes, he has much to tell you. And you have to come out from 
just remove yourself from everybody to be with him. And if you read in the, the life of Jesus, that's walking with God. Jesus is doing ministry all day. For pastors, I'm tired. I, I, I deserve to rest. No, early in the morning is up. Up in the mountain with his father. Sometimes for the whole night. Just the son of God. And he is our example. We're so easily tired. We're tired. And we can say, well, I've been doing stuff for God. He did a whole lot more. He had no sin. And yet he spent so much time with his father. That's where he heard from his father. He walked with his father. Nobody heard voices while Jesus was ministering. But Jesus said, I, I always do what I see my father do. Where did he see the father doing those things? Before Jesus picked his 12 disciples, he spent the whole night with his father. And then when morning came, he picked them from the rest of, of I mean, from the multitude. He picked 12. He's, he's God. Yeah. Because he's God, why should, he didn't need to pray, but he was a man. That's why he used the word, for the most part, the son of man. The son of man, meaning in the Jewish language, is a man. I'm a man. And being found as a man, if you are found as a man, you need to pray. Luke 18, men ought always to pray. If you are a man, you should spend time praying. It's not a religious thing. It's just what you are. You pray. If you are a man, you are supposed to do this. And spend time with God. That's when he's going to talk to you. You know, I was looking, looking at some scriptures. God is saying, you know, pray for all men. Hmm. That's a real huge request. You know how long it's going to take to do that? Do you even know all people? So prayer is important. There's a solution to that because I thought to myself, God, even if you tell me to pray for the people in the Ark Fellowship, that's a whole day if I had a day with every one of them. And I don't even know what they're, what they're dealing with. But Paul says, pray for all believers. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, it tells us, verse 18, he pray for spirits in the spirit, but pray also for all, all saints. That time with God is so important. And then the time with the Word of God. So that God can speak to you. That's walking with God. How important is that to you? Maybe I'm talking to the wrong crowd, but that has to be there in your heart. I need to be there in the Word. I know you know what it is. You've read the scripture before. And it meant certain things to you, and then you go back again, and you say to yourself, how come I didn't see this before? Right? <laughs> it happens to me all the time. It's like, wow, I never saw that before. That's called revelation. That's God talking back to you as you're talking to him. It's a relationship. A Proverbs chapter 4, I keep bringing this scripture before us. 
And I'll continue to do that because it's so important. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Give attention. In other words, attend to my words. Pay attention to my words. When you go to a restaurant, the person serving you, they pay you a lot of attention. They want to make sure everything is fine. That's what God's saying here. Pay attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. When I, hear, I read the word saying, he takes me back to Matthew chapter 7. Because Jesus said, everyone who hears these sayings of mine, you know that? Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and decides to do them, I will liken this person to a wise man. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And you need faith to walk with God. Faith comes from God. Somebody says, well, God doesn't need faith. He doesn't have faith. Really? God doesn't need faith? He doesn't have faith? Do you have faith? Yes. Where did it come from? From God. How can it be from God who doesn't have faith? You got it from the word. So the more you stay with the word, there you get faith. And he jumps out at you. And once it's revealed to you, that's truth. And once you get truth, then you now know how to walk with God in that particular area of your life. That's just the truth. But until it's revealed to you, you never get it so Getting to know God, to hear from Him, is that important. Pay attention to my word. Do not let them depart from your eyes. So God knows you are going to read His word. That's very important. You know, I, I, I try to, I don't know if I spend a lot of time trying to memorize scriptures. I read them so often. Then after a while, it's just part of what I know it. But no, I open it. I got to open it. Especially during prayer time. These days it's very convenient. I have my cell phone, okay? I can pull it out. And I read those things. Because God knows, He knows everything. There is a reason why He says, let it, don't let it depart from before your eyes. I don't understand it, but I'll do what He said. And speak it. Read it out loud to yourself. It says, keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. How are you going to fight, find them? Paying attention. And keeping them before your eyes. After you found them, they become life. John six sixty three. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. Once you find those words, you have life in whatever area. Once you find those words, you can no longer suffer in that area that the word of God is addressing. If it's sickness, that sickness got to go. Because you found the word of God. And then it says very clearly there, that his word... 
is like medicine to you. They are life to those who find them, and health, that's medicine, to all their flesh. All their flesh. All their flesh. The organ, the blood vessels, everything. The brain, the blood, all their flesh. If it's flesh, bones, if it's flesh, yes, it's medicine. Once you find it. You know, I like listening, I'm thinking about um, Pastor Larry's daddy. He's 92 years old and he's still strong. He just got, got out of the hospital and he's out doing stuff. And I'm thinking, I'd like to be 92 and be a strong, go out and walk in the yard as well. And I will. Amen? I'm not ready to go yet. Can I hold myself together? The word is what holds all things together. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that. The word of God holds everything together. And surely if I have that word in me, that word can hold my body together. Amen. I don't have to walk stooping like that. And Omar, please help me get to the bathroom. I want to stay strong. And the medicine to do that is right here in the word. Amen. That's how we walk with God. That's why you see like Enoch. He was 80 years old about. And he says, hey, I want to be a soldier. (laughs) I want to be with the Marines, okay? At 80. We said that was then when God was young and strong. And he was able to help people. But now he's become the ancient of days and he doesn't do these things anymore. (laughs) No, he's by faith and walking with God. That man, Enoch's life was completely transformed because of his closeness with God. And God took him. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But it says to meditate in it day and night Notice what it says. It's not that God may be able to help you now. Once it's inside of you, it works. Out of you. Anybody. Just like medicine. If once it's inside of you, that's the way to get it. Pay attention to it. He gets inside of you. And as you listen to him, you remember my sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. That's why we walk with him. It's his voice in the word. And as you hear his voice from the word, your life is being transformed just like Enoch. In whatever area that you're looking at the word. These things are very important. We know these things and may God give us grace to follow through. May God give us grace to follow through. Because God can do this for us. This book of the Lord, that's the word of God. He says, he says, shall not depart from your mouth. That's what I said. You see it and you say it. It's very important. You see it and you say it. So I can quote it and then I go back and I read it. 
I'm telling you, this thing works. We just have to do, we, we, we're not doing what we see. That's why James tells us, if you're not doing the word, you're deceiving yourself. A hearer only, and not a doer, deceiving your own self. Because you can't get, if you're deceived, you're deceived. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you, not God, that you, because of the word that you are meditating on, is coming to you, and God has shown you, you walk with God, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You will make your way prosperous because the word is inside of you. That's what he's saying. Number three, trust him. If you do not trust him, you won't follow his voice. You don't follow somebody that you don't trust. And it's really hard to love somebody that you don't trust. That's why we have troubles in marriages. I don't trust the man. You don't know where he's at and all of that. <laughs> it's hard to listen to them. No matter how passionate they are when they're speaking to you, you don't trust them. I don't know about that. <laughs> so you're not going to follow. But when you trust God, he's not going to lie to you. God is not a man. You have to trust him. That's why uh, Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6 Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. You won't follow unless you trust. You see, Peter and the others, they knew they were dealing with Messiah. They had their businesses. I mean, John and James, his brother, James and John, I mean, they left their father in the sheep. When Jesus said, follow they left him there in their boat. And they abandoned everything. They were dealing with Messiah. And Messiah, they believed. this That's the Messiah. They heard from John. John the Baptist. They believed it. If you follow scripture, John chapter 1, I'm sure they spent some time with Jesus and then they went back to whatever they were doing. And then one day Jesus walked by and said, Hey, Follow me. And they left everything. They found Messiah. And that's the same thing he's telling them. Come and walk with me. He's calling every one of us to come walk with him. And we have to follow him because we trust him. We know he's going to take care of us. Notice they didn't care anything about their business. They didn't ask Jesus, how are we going to eat? You don't have a job. Okay? How are we going to, who's going, where are we going to get, where are we going to sleep? No. Is God calling? Follow. Come walk with me. He says, immediately, they abandoned everything and they were going to walk with God. Because they trusted that was the Messiah. And if he's calling, I'll walk. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. 
in all your ways, acknowledge him. In other words, you're walking with him. And if you talk to him about it, many times Christians make decisions without consulting him. They walk ahead of him. People get married to a spouse. They didn't talk to God. The only thing, defining factor, I mean, love. That's the only thing they know. They didn't ask the Heavenly Father, is this the right person? He's giving you the right. So whoever finds a wife finds a good thing. So he's left that to you. But why don't you consult him? Enoch would have. Right? You got to ask. Business decisions. They don't even talk to God. He sounds good and they're gone. And then they face all the disappointments. Because God was not in it. What's wrong with, listen, it sounds good, but can you give me a few minutes? Let me, let me, I want to, I, I want and you were talking to unbelievers, I want to pray about it. They'll look at you like, what? Yes, I want to pray about this. Think about it, okay? And then you come back and say, mm, I don't think I want to do that. It's a good business. I just prayed and I don't feel good about it. And then six months later, that business goes south and the guy sees you. He remembers, right? There's something to this God thing. He goes, where do you go to church, sir? I want to find out, right? We trust, with, we, we acknowledge him in everything because we are walking with him. We are walking with him. It's that important. First thing. Paul said in Philippians 1 verse 21, for me to live is what? Christ. To die, that's gain. In other words, walking with God have made that the business for my life. Nothing else matters. That's walking with God. Number four, I agree with him. Has anyone ever disagreed with God? These are all sins. Nobody disagrees. And many of us think, I know, but this doesn't make sense, right? We disagree. But the Bible says, how can two walk together unless they are what? They are in agreement. God is the one saying that. That's, that's uh, Amos 3 verse 3. Can two walk together unless they are agreed so, but we disagree sometimes because it doesn't make sense. But remember, his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts than our thoughts. Especially when it doesn't make sense. That's when we really need to obey because there is a reason for it. There's a reason for it. I'm sure Abraham felt killing Isaac doesn't make sense. But like I said, he had the promise. God says, in Isaac, will you be called? And he thought in his mind, well, I'll kill him, but you have to raise him up because I know you cannot lie. Okay? 
So he was ready to kill him. He was inside. I'll just obey you, God. I'm going to kill him. He had the knife ready. No, no. He said, I'm taking him up and we're coming right back. Because he trusted God's word. He trusted God. And he agreed with God. You know how much disagreement we will have if God told you to kill your son? Most of us will believe we've heard from a demon, right? And we'll be going, get behind me, Satan. Where did that strange thought come from? But he obeyed. So we need to obey him. And lastly, obey his voice. Obey his voice. Um, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat of the good of the land. If you are willing and obedient, you can obey a voice that you don't trust. The reason for disobedience is because we don't trust this voice. We don't trust what we're hearing. And that's the reason. Oh, I think I, I know better than that. I know better not to do that. Because it doesn't make sense. So I'm not going to do that. And so we don't disobey. We don't obey. And please remember... If you don't obey fully, you are in disobedience. That's what happened with Saul. You obey fully. Paul, Saul said, King Saul, I've obeyed God. And Simon said, but I see here she's bleeding. So you, you went, but you didn't go through with everything. When God says to do something, you go completely because you trust him to obey is better than sacrifice if you are willing and obedient you will eat of the good of the land so there is good in the land all that is required from us in following god is to be willing and to be obedient sometimes we are obedient but we are not willing and sometimes we are willing but we are not obedient both of them have to be together, okay? Stand up with me tonight. I believe that um, for every Christian, every Christian, I'm not, I don't know about how you live your life, but if you are not praying and don't have a prayer life, for whatever reason, you are already in serious disobedience. You have to have a prayer life. If you don't pray at all, most likely you don't know him. It's not uh, a religious thing. It's, it's, you have to pray. Because that's the way God speaks to you. That's the way he'll give you revelation as you study the word and you pray and meditate. So that part of your life, keep it guarded. Don't get too busy 
and you don't have time to pray. It's so easy for Satan to sidetrack you and you've forgotten. I was telling somebody and I told my children, the worst place to be is to be lukewarm. You're still going to church. But your heart is not hot and you're not cold. If you're cold, you know you're cold. You're going to do something about it. But when you look one, you just don't feel anything. So slowly, you've put certain things away from your life that you used to do because you say, well, it's not necessary. But what does God think about it? That's the important thing. There is no vacation, no retirement when you walk with God. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and make a commitment? This is the way I do it. I tell God, you know me. I just don't want this happening to me in my life. That's all I pray. Please protect me. You know how you know everything about me. It's so easy for us, for me, to do this. Can you help me, God? I want to stay fervent, serving you, not going back, not feeling that I've accomplished enough. That's okay. Let the young people now do what it is. No, I'm young with them. Amen. Stay young with them. I'll do what they're doing. Amen. Father, we want to thank you for your word tonight. Thank you that we we know it's your will that we follow after you. Follow in step with you. Not hanging too far away from you, but walking close to you so that we can hear your heartbeat. And we can understand what you're saying to follow you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord. I bless your people tonight. Let your words be a reality to their heart in Jesus' name. And let draw them closer, every one of us closer to your heart. And we thank you for your grace tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.